Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andrew Gambardella III, and always joining me out of the blue corner, Matthew David Beal. Hello. How are we doing today, Matthew? Pretty good. I'm excited for baseball. How about you? Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited too. So before we get there, um, I just want to say that the NBA and NHL seasons are still going on, and that's it. That's us talking NBA and NHL. And hats off to uh, Cam Smith for winning the Players Open, Aussie Aussie. And, uh, yeah, let's get to baseball. Let's get to what this podcast is all about. It's finally here. Golf clap. Um, thank you for your golf claps. And – what I wanted to say first off, we heard some reports, Bob Nightingale and, but you know, Buster only all the, all the guys, all the reporters, all the gals reporting about the MLB. And they said it was good. The floodgates were open and boy, did they, um, this free agency so far has been probably reminiscent of what, um, it's rivaling the NFL free agency that's happening right now. Um, after the floodgates opened, um, there was a little lull after Kershaw signed back with the Dodgers. Radon went to the Giants. Um, but since then, since our last podcast, we have Josh Harrison and Joe, Ker- Joe Kelly going to the White Sox. Yusai Kikuchi signing on with the Blue Jays. Falafels getting sent Isaiah Kainal Falafel um, getting sent from Texas to Minnesota for a day and then to the Yankees. I remember whining about um, Isaiah Kainal Falafel last podcast that he went that because he was supposed to be our stopgap shortstop for this year. Um, but now we got him. Chris Bassett went to the Mets already talked about, but new news since last podcast was only recorded three days ago. This is what I got for you. The Twins trade for Sonny Gray from Cincinnati. We got Josh Donaldson, Falafel, like I just mentioned beforehand, and um, a catcher, a good fielding catcher in Ben Rotrev, um, who's also jacked, by the way, and a lefty bat, going to the Yankees for Gary Barnyard. Can't hit the side of a barn, Sanchez. And Gio Urshela. Gio, you will be missed. Gary, not so much. Um, Nelson Cruz to the Nationals. Phillies added Brad Hand. McCutcheon to Milwaukee. Adovino to the Mets. Sorry, Beal. Matt Olson oh, goes to the him. Braves in a blockbuster. Wait, wait, can we stop on Adovino for a second? Yeah, we can stop there. He talks shit I, to I, Shohei on Shohei's roll. birthday. So I don't like him. Okay, we're done. Okay. All right. Um, we also have 
it. The Mariners get Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez um, for a couple prospects and Brandon Williamson, second round pick in 2019, um, Justin Dunn, Jake Fraley, um, and another player to be named. I love when they say player to be named. Rizzo comes back. Salary dump. That's no return for an all-star right there. That is just salary dump by the Reds. Uh, No, it's a salary dump. They're dumping Eugenio's contract, and the Mariners took it all. That's true. But Eugenio did have a down year last year. I'm not going to say, you know. Yeah, but the trade isn't for Eugenio. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Rizzo comes back to the Yanks. Eddie Rosario back with the Braves. Mike Miner goes from the Royals to the Reds, and they send Amir Garrett. Um, So no more bad blood in that division, I guess, because Amir Garrett has been hit some people and started some shit um, with with the Pirates, with the Cubs. Um, But no more in that in that NL Central. Um, we have Zach Granke returning to Kansas City where it all started. But this is where things start to go downhill for you, Beal. Today, we have the Cubs landing Sai Suzuki, who you had signed off to last episode, saying, I can't wait for him to be a Red Sox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not for and that then- much money, though. I'll quickly say $85 million. I mean, I think he's a great baseball player, but like, I, I, I don't know. I would not give $85 million to a guy who hasn't played a single game in major league baseball. Personally. They're pretty convinced he's going to, he's going to perform. We have the Phillies. They are for sure. Taking Kyle Schwarber right out from under your grasp. That's so by, by Schwarber. He's in a good place. And then this is bad news for the whole division. Well, good news for the best division in baseball, but really bad news for the Orioles because they just still stink. Hey, but, Adley. Adley's coming up this oh year. Oh, my gosh. I He is a good catching prospect. Very good. No, still prospect. One of the Wait. best catching prospects of all time. Okay. We'll see. We'll see when he performs. But – and I'm sure he will. He is a very – he is pretty incredible. But – where I'm getting back to here is the Blue Jays end up getting Matt Chapman. But did you see what the A's got back in return for Matt Chapman? Yeah, they got a lot. They got four of like the Blue Jays' best prospects who are all – three of the four are supposed to be MLB ready. So that is a pretty hefty turn, much better than what um, the Reds got back from the Mariners for Jesse Winker. Now – Chapman, a better, arguably a more plays a more important position. Um, but I would put them right. What would you say with Winker and and Chapman? Who do you think is a better player there? Uh, Winker only. So, so I love. So Matt you Chapman. agree to me that that the Reds got absolutely just destroyed in that. Yeah. Trade. Well, so there's there's two different mindsets. The A's are trying to rebuild, and the Reds are trying to dump salary in order to rebuild. Um, and so like both teams are selling, they're both in full on sale mode, but they're just doing it in different ways. And, um, and the reds recognize that they have a guy who's paid a lot of money 
um, that they wouldn't be able to trade without somebody attached to them. Fortunately, the A's are so young that all their players still hold a whole lot of value, regardless of how they've been playing. Like Chapman is coming off of a rough offensive year, but they were able to trade him and get prospects back uh, regardless because he is young and he's a perennial platinum glover, which I don't know if anybody in MLB history has been able to say that, but I mean, he's just the best defensive player in baseball for the last couple of years now. And so he carries a lot of value, but also given that he's 25 or 26 now years old, um, they're able to trade him. Jesse Winker is a guy of similar value, except kind of opposite. I mean, he just absolutely destroys pitching and makes a living on that. Um, not that he's a bad fielder, but I mean, like we talk about him because he's a great offensive player. Um, and so when it comes down to it, I mean, I'd take Jesse Winker because you know what you're getting. Uh, one of the things I did want to bring about bring up about Winker, which is interesting and like in no way a blemish on him at all. I mean, maybe it's a blemish, but I wouldn't really take it as a hit. Um, and you know, the, the MLB, the show players out there know this because you're able to see uh, the players splits in game, but a lot of people who watch baseball and see him with his 305 batting average and, uh, 24 home runs don't really see this at first glance, but the guy hits 346 against righties, his stats against lefties. He has a 176 average through 118 plate appearances this year. I don't think it's an issue at all because most of the pitchers in major league baseball nowadays are righties and have historically been mostly righties. Um, and so it's not really an issue and hasn't been an issue for him because he just absolutely demolishes on righties. But it is interesting to me because as he's going to Seattle, it's going to be one of those things that, um, you know, he himself obviously knows he's been working on it, I assume. And uh, his new team will likely as well be working on it a lot. And so the the intriguing part that I find about this and the reason why I bring it up is 176 batting average is just terrible. Imagine if he was able to put up maybe like 220 against lefties. Like, look at his numbers at that point. I mean, he's batting 350 against righties. If he was half the player that he is against lefties as he is against righties, I mean, you're talking batting titles. You're talking, um, you know, maybe a top five MVP finish for him. Like, I, he is just an incredible hitter. And it would be interesting to see in a new system how uh, how they treat that kind of, again, I don't want to say blemish, but like that uncertainty, I guess, that he has against lefty pitching. And, um, and maybe it's just that he hasn't seen lefty pitching enough. And um, I'm sure it's going to be something that they'll try to work on and, you know, the short spring training that they have. Yeah, it, it might be. But either way, most of the pitchers still in the league are righty. Um, and, and like I said, it's not a big deal, but, but let's it's worth uh, thinking about, you know, so far to me, the winner of this free agency period, other than, I mean, the Rangers dished out a lot of money, but to me, it's the blue Jays here. Uh, the blue Jays, we forget have re-signed Jose Barrios and after losing Robbie Ray have gone, have gone and, and replaced him pretty well here. Um, their rotation is nasty. They add Matt Chapman here at third base to go along with Bish, 
to go along with Biggio and Bichette in the infield and Guerrero. I mean, that infield has got to be up for the best in the league. Um, yeah, and they're trying to improve it still. I mean, Biggio has had a tough start to his major league career, and it's, you know, nothing to kind of hold against him because he's young. But they're going after Jose Ramirez very aggressively. And a lot of people are saying that they may not end up getting him because of the prospects it'll take to trade. But, um, I mean, possibly Biggio could be a part of that deal to, to bring in Jose Ramirez and play him at second base, which – would just make that infield like, I mean, you're no longer talking about the best infield in the league. You're talking about the best infield like in the last two decades. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to get it. And I hope they don't, because if they do, then I would the be rest so scared. Of the division is, is screwed. Especially Imagine protecting Vladdy, by being able to protect Vladdy with Jose Ramirez and Bo Bichette. Like, I I don't know what I, – and then you have, like, Springer leading off and uh, Matt yep. Chapman behind him. And then you him have and, Kevin Gosman, Yasai And Randall Grichik, like, oh, my gosh. Or you have Hunjin Ryu and Jose Barreos as your top four in the rotation. Yeah. And then you have Alec Manoa Terry. as well. I mean, this – this team is loaded as it is already. And you couple that with the fact that in Canada and in New York now, um, COVID pandemic, um, and there's still COVID restrictions. So players who don't are not vaccinated cannot play in Toronto. So as a home team or anybody on the Blue Jays team who's not vaccinated cannot play for them for for half the season over the half the season because they play a lot of games against the Yankees in New York and I don't know if those I know the Yankees and the Mets are working hard and the Brooklyn Nets have already felt this pain with Kyrie Irving um but you want your players to be able to play but um they're holding true to the mandates to try to keep people safer I guess but with baseball you're outside I, I don't get, get the stipulations here at all. I guess Blue Jays play still in a dome there in Canada. So I guess you can make an argument there, but I mean, for most of the players, for most of the time, they're so spread out um, that it, it, yeah, but that, that's just something I thought I, I think we should mention, because I think it is going to have a big impact on the season especially yeah. in the AL East. Right. Um, I'm with you. Uh, it'll, it'll have a huge pe- impact on the AL East, uh, depending on uh, which players are allowed to play um, at home for the Yankees and, you know, what the rules are going to look like there, as well as the Toronto game. So uh, all those mandates are kind of going to hold a strong bearing on what the AL East race looks like. And, uh, as you might know, and you had brought up the, the ruling in New York city is very interesting because visiting players who aren't vaccinated are still out of play. What? And yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, I read that completely that? wrong. Why? How uh, does that so make sense? Visiting players in Toronto are not allowed to play if they're right. unvaccinated. I, did, I knew but that. 
in the NBA this year, they basically, so the law in New York city, from my understanding, I could be wrong on this. And so leave in the comments if, uh, if I'm incorrect, but from my understanding of it, based on the NBA aspect is teams who are visiting, who have unvaccinated players have not been affected, but the mandate in New York is that people who uh, work for a New York business must be vaccinated in order to like perform work in the city. And so that includes the NBA. And when that went into place, Kyrie was no longer able to play as a Brooklyn Nets player in the uh, city confines of New York city. And so if the law doesn't change, I know that there's uh, the players association right now is working with uh, legal officials in New York city to try to clarify exactly what it would look like, because given the way that the law is worded, visiting teams who have unvaccinated players are still allowed to come in and play. And so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and has caused a great uproar in uh, the basketball world and yeah. likely will in the baseball world if it stays this way. Um, but I know the MOBPA was pretty confident that they would get some sort of clarification or um, change of that mandate because ultimately any unvaccinated players on the New York Mets or uh, the New York Yankees wouldn't be able to play but like an unvaccinated player on the Red Sox when they're coming to town will be able to play and so it serves that home team a strong disadvantage and uh, as far as some people coming up with the ideas that uh, the the mayor is a big Knicks fan and and was just doing it to hurt Kyrie um, and the Nets so um, it's it's an interesting uh seems very petty but if that's true no i, I definitely don't think that's true but that's like, a it was high just conspiracy funny. I did hear that. play right there but if yeah. that's true i mean that is both petty <laughs> but if you're a sports fan would i mean that yeah if you're that big of a knicks fan i i <laughs> i mean wow okay but while we were talking about that i know i brushed a little blip will go a little blip to the side. Do, 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 do. This is the Brooklyn Nets are back campaign. I guess we mentioned Kyrie. He put up 60. I just thought he put up 60 in their last game. The Nets scored 150 points. Now they played the magic, but to put up that many points and for the guy out of 60, I just thought we should hats off. Not every day does somebody put up 60 points. So I just thought I should mention that. But back to baseball, we hit the Blue Jays. We hit what's going on around the league. Who's left in free agency? Do we talk about the Braves at all? We have not talked about. Well, yes, I hit on the fact that the Braves still have Ronald Acuna. If you forgot about that, they've re-signed Eddie Rosario. They get Matt Olson, first baseman, back, which presumably they're not bringing back Freddie Freeman. Um, I didn't think. This would happen, and I'm sad because I like to see faces of franchise stay with the franchise. Um, but I yeah. guess it had to be it done. Sucks. They get a great yeah. Matt Olson. They get an extension with him. They also give up a load of prospects. Um, yeah, they did the Billy, best thing that they could do, honestly, given the situation. 
um, when it came down to it, the owner didn't want to spend the money. Uh, the GM was crying on an interview that he couldn't re-sign Freddie. Uh, their, uh, their coach was also just distraught in spring training and was notified by uh, press that they had signed Matt Olson, kind of meaning that Freddie wasn't coming back. And it's, it's a really tough situation, but if there's anybody that is near capable of replacing Freddie, um, it would be Matt Olson. Uh, nobody can replace Freddie, but Matt Olson is great dude. Uh, he's a hometown player. I mean, he lives 45 minutes from Atlanta's ballpark. Uh, Georgia guy. I mean, he's kind of, he's made for the Braves, but it's not to say that Freddie Freeman, you know, shouldn't have been there his entire career. Cause he absolutely should have been. Um, but who knows, maybe Freddie will be going home too, because, uh, he, he grew up in the LA area. So. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised, but it looks like it's coming down to the Dodgers, the Red Sox and a sneaky one. But the the Rays Rays here in the race in the race for Freddie Freeman. Um, But what are some other names still out there in the MLB that are just still floating out there? I mean, before we we get to the real meat of this, um, because the the meat of this podcast, the meaning of yank your socks off is that. The way I take it is that the Yankees are pulling off the Red Sox, you know, flair. They're taking they're taking away some of their swag. So we can get to Yankees versus Red Sox and who's had a better free agency. But first, who's still out there other than Freddie Freeman? That could be a great addition to teams. Um, Yeah. So we've got Trevor Story. Uh, We still have. Correa. Well, I was going to leave him for last only because I wanted to say that scumbag who plays in Houston. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah, well, he might no longer play in, in Houston. Houston. No, he's going back. Um, I'm willing to bet money on that. I just, so I feel like he's going to Houston because ultimately, I've, I mean, everyone knows, but Correa and Jose Altuve did not attend the All-Star game last year. And they both cited reasons that were pretty valid. Um, recently, I, I heard someone talking about this, and uh, Altuve cited the reason that, like, he wanted to be with his wife who was pregnant. Um, but, like, to be quite honest, like, he just hit the road afterwards. It's not like he had a baby during All-Star break. Like, it was, you know – and like things can happen and I understand that. And if that's what it was, then, you know, good for him for, for being there. But at the same time, I just, I felt like their excuses not to be at the all-star break were just a little bit unwarranted and I don't know everything. And so um, it's all speculation, but, uh, but I just don't think that they felt comfortable around their peers in the sport of baseball. And I don't think that either of them will ever fear comfortable going into a new clubhouse where they're going to have to answer questions about what happened in 2017. And like when, when that's brought to light and if it's ever brought to light, I think that they might have a lot to be ashamed of. And there's a lot of questions that they won't want to answer. And as long as they stay in Houston, they won't have to answer those questions. I completely and utterly disagree with you. If Correa gets a $300 million contract somewhere else, he's leaving. He's oh, gone. for sure. 
but, but that's not out there. That's the real, I mean, yeah, yes, not that there. is an underlying reason he's going to be scared to face big time, especially if he comes to New York, which now it very much looks like he's not. We we're kind of bringing ourselves off the table with Isaiah kind of falafel, but, um, and I'm happy for that. Although Correa is a great player. Um, not many but, teams want to pay $300 million but, for a guy who I, every single fan in the stands is going to boo. Yeah. But can you, can I, can you ask me? Well, he's very, very talented, but right. Do you think that they like your conspiracy for why they semi small thought process and, and take us to why they didn't go to the all-star game last year. Can I ask you that? If if though those guys are cheating and not caring about cheating and, and the love of the game, then why would they even care what anybody else thinks? Well, no, that's not what I mean. I, I think that they do care that uh, that they have this stigma against them. I'm not saying that they're cheating. I'm saying that they don't want to speak for what they had done. So that's uh, that's the only. All I was like, saying is. Do you think they feel remorseful for what they were done? Because yeah, the, I'm sure they do. I think they recognize that it was wrong, and like, I don't know. I just there's there's just a weird cloud over them right now, and I think that they're receiving. I mean, from what I understand about reporting and like things that I've just kind of heard thrown around, nobody really outside of the Astros kind of like talks to these guys. Like they they seem to have like sectioned themselves off. And I mean, that's just my take. Like, I, I don't really, I, I guess I, I don't really know what goes on behind closed doors. And I don't know if that like they've hung out with, you know, friends on different teams, but given all that's been said on social media and things and in post-game interviews about how other players feel about these individuals, particularly, um, I think it's a tough conversation to have, and I just don't know if either of them are the people to have that conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, all right, I, I see what you're saying. Like, now. can you imagine Correa or uh, not Correa Altuve going to the Yankees and like having to like no, face judge the no. guy who should have been in that MVP into existence? That I'm just saying, but like, no, you see where I, I'm coming from? Like, that's a really awkward conversation. He stole an MVP because he cheated. From a guy who, I mean, and at the end of your career, an MVP is a huge bearing on whether or not you get into the Hall of Fame. Like, Judge felt stolen from of the MVP by Altuve and voiced that very candidly. And so they're just, I don't think they can ever be teammates and get along together. And I think there's a lot of that going on around the league between other players and Correa and Altuve. All right. I, I, you brought me around to what you were saying. I just, in the beginning thought you were, you were talking about them like being scared to show up. And I, I don't really think that's it at all. Um, no, I don't think they're but, scared. Yeah. I, I think it's more. And the reason why he hasn't signed us because he hasn't gotten a contract that he thinks is like, cause he is the best free agent out there, arguably. Um, yeah. And was at the start of free agency. I still than think it's make, Freddie, but it could be Corey Seager. But yeah, Freddie, you still have Chris Bryan out there, Trevor Story, Nick Castellanos, um, Kenley Jansen to name, and Michael Conforto to round out those those top five or six guys left. But 
there's still a couple of guys out there that could really make a difference for a team and really make a team a contender. So this isn't over just yet, folks. Um, and our conversation of this isn't over just yet because you mentioned Judge. We're going to get to to finish up MLB free agency, Yankees versus Red Sox here so far in free agency. Just to this point, I want you to defend yourself and somehow convince me that the Red Sox have had a better free agency than the Yankees have to this point. Um, or do you so want to just concede this debate? I'm not going to say that they've had a better free agency because I don't think that's like, it, honestly, I mean, the, I'm not like defending any free agency by any means, but you can't evaluate free agency until the end of it. And, um, and there's always teams that, you know, buy earlier, buy at a certain time. And it looks like they're winning free agency, but like until the end of it and until games actually start, I don't think you can really make any assumptions. I mean, JD Martinez was signed two weeks into spring training and that same year, the Red Sox won the world series. So, uh, and in that free agency, you could say that the Red Sox didn't really do a whole lot, but at the end of the year, when you look at the biggest, one of the biggest players that they had down the stretch, it was JD Martinez and he wasn't signed at this point in 2018. And so I don't think that's really fair to say. I will say that the Yankees have had a better free agency. And, um, and I, I think that hats off to them for getting corner infielders that want to win and have a strong desire to win, because that's who Rizzo and uh, JD are like Josh Donaldson are. They're just guys who know how to win and have been there before and just kind of, light a fire under your ass like to other players I mean they've done that on previous teams they're just extremely fiery guys and they're they're really good people to have in the clubhouse um and I think they're the right people to go after and the right people to spend money on and honestly I haven't really seen the Yankees do a whole lot of that in previous years go after the personality guys and I I mean hats off to them for doing it I, I said this to a couple other Yankee fans the other day. I love the moves that they've made. They've gotten rid of a toxic player, I believe, in Gary Sanchez, who just didn't work hard. Um, if all right, well, if you break it down, like say Gary for um, Kiner Falafel. Kiner works his ass off. The dude can play nine positions on a baseball field if he, you know, just stepped on the mound. Um, it, he came up as a catcher, has played shortstop, every position in the infield and the outfield. The dude can do everything and still batted 270 last year. I think people call like have been calling him a mediocre hitter, but what he's been able to do at the plate uh, substantiates himself being in the starting lineup and his ability defensively is incredible. Um, Geo for Josh Donaldson. I mean, it, I, I think it's, you could really go either way. Geo is a young player developing into his own and he's, you know, not a toxic player like Gary is, but um but I think that getting Josh Donaldson and getting some experience is what the Yankees needed right now, rather than uh, wait on a guy to kind of groom into his own person. And so I, I love those moves that the Yankees have made. Um, Rizzo stepped into the clubhouse last year and changed the whole mindset of the team going into the playoff season. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to make an argument for the Red Sox because we got Matt Stram and uh, Jake Dykeman, but like, or Deakman, Deakman, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that it's really difficult to evaluate until the end of free agency, what we've done. Like 
even last year, I mean, the Red Sox had gotten Kike Hernandez and Hunter Renfro. They seemed like really small signings at the time. We were kind of buying on these guys when their value was a little bit low. Kike had only played a platoon position. Hunter was up and down with his averages, but both of the guys, they both had things that the Sox saw and addressed right away in spring training and saw career highs and numbers. And Kike was probably the best player in the postseason down the stretch for a time. And, um, and Hunter Renfro had one of the biggest breakouts we saw in baseball last year. And so um, it's, it's a little bit tough to say right now, and I can hand it to the Yankees, but for now, the Yankees are winning uh, for age, free agency between the two. Uh, I just wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox try to make a splash move um, only because Bloom isn't going to spend money on a guy just because he has the money and the Red Sox do have the money to spend. And they've been waiting for the right guy with the right personality and the right talent to hit free agency. And I do think that Freddie is the guy. If he was a corner outfielder, then we would have had him a month ago uh, during the lockout. Sure. Probably would have gone against the rules and just snagged them right up, but he's not, he's a first baseman. The Red Sox, uh, as most of you know, uh, are not in need of a first baseman. Um, they, they have one of the top prospects coming up this year. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck started playing well towards the end of the year last year. And the DH spot is occupied right now by J.D. Martinez. And so it's it's a little bit tough to substantiate getting Freddie when you have guys to fill that position and quality starters to fill the position. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I hope that Bloom realizes that regardless of who you have in that position, when there's a player like Freddie on the market who's got the winning personality, he's got the work ethic, he's got the ability – um, and he just he has that extra oomph. Um, he has like almost that legend status around baseball. By the end of his career, he will have it. And I just I feel like you just got to go after him. I mean, the guy can hit 300 yeah. while mashing 40 homers and whether or not you have the position open, it doesn't matter. You just got to get him. You yeah. can't worry about blocking a prospect in that situation. You had a very political, political opening to this debate and 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 good argument um but uh now that i have the floor i just want to say that you're you're dealing in if buts and maybes as you get to the end of it freddie freeman could definitely just end up on the dodgers and you guys are left empty-handed but he's a 32 year old first baseman right Yep. Now, there's a 29-year-old in the league, and you said it yourself, the biggest flaw you have in your team right now is corner outfielder. Now, this man has bad. Are you talking about Castellanos? No, I, I'm, you can guess the player after after I say, say who it <laughs> are is. Are we talking about Castellanos? No, we are okay. not. Go ahead. This player has played in the league for eight years now. He is a five-time All-Star. He has batted 296 for his career so far. He has 178 home runs. He has a 373 on base percentage and over a 500 slugging percentage for his career. He has won not one, but two World Series already on two different teams. And he has an MVP. Would you like to guess who this player is? 
He has an MVP. He has an MVP. A corner outfielder who's available in free agency? Not available in free agency. Are we talking about, uh, wait, two World Series? Is is that what you said? Yeah. A corner outfielder. Wait, why are we talking about a guy who's not available? Because we're talking about him because he was on the Red Sox. Are you talking about nineteen? It is Mookie Betts. He didn't win two World Series. Yes, he did. He ran in 2018 and he won in 2020 with the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But not with the Red Sox. I said he won two World Series. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I don't count the Dodgers World All Series right. because Where it I'm happened going in with this COVID year. Is, this is a long game here. Um, you might trust your GM, but why you let the face of your franchise go when he's still performing near his peak Granted, big contract, but is you're going to give. Is he though? A, is he performing as, near his? Peak? Oh, w- that's a different conversation for another day. Because the his man, peak was a hundred batting average points higher than what he's doing. I'm sorry, it's it, it was eighty. Yeah. 82. Okay. In it, he he was hurt last year, and he still batted two sixty five with a pretty good slugging and on base percentage, and still Gold Glove caliber, caliber playing right field. But but not a this is where. This is where I'm going with this. The Yankees are about to do the same thing with Aaron Judge. We're, we didn't sign him yet. Um, the free agency isn't run. It's a long game, like you said. But for right now, I, I'm just going to copy you. We have blown you out of the water for this, for this year in free agency. And the only team in the division that could make a case to – for better than us is the Blue Jays, I and mean, they have had a better free agency than us. Um, I'm not saying we're we've had the best free agency in in the league, but with us being wary of where we are in the luxury tax, un, unlike the Mets, um, we upgrade at third third base. If you're just going blindly, we upgrade at first base. We upgrade at catcher by losing Gary Sanchez. Yes, you heard me right. Getting rid of I him is an upgrade. 100% agree. Yes, thank you. Um, starting pitcher is still a big hole. Um, we definitely need another starting pitcher. And do we trust Hicks to play center every day after the last two years of being injured? Probably not. So I'm not saying there isn't holes, but so far we've made some very, very – we've made some good – good moves in the past couple of days. Um, and for me, that's, that's a sign that we're going in the right direction. At least it gives me hope. And, you know, as a Yankees fan, at least let me have it for now. Now, if you sign Freddie Freeman later on today and you want to rub it in to me next, next podcast we have on Sunday, then be my guest. You guys will blow us out of the water if you get Freddie Freeman. Um, but did you hear this as well? We have rumors too. The A's with their file fire sale of Chapman um, Bassett to the Mets, Chapman to the Blue Jays and Olsen to the Braves still have Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya, and a pretty yeah, well, damn, Frankie pretty Montas damn good steroids. Okay. <laughs> Not with the Yankees. So <laughs> we'll gladly you call a rod a cheater all the time, even though he, well, he did get caught when he was with the Yankees but that's that's I walked into that one that was that was my fault sorry A-Rod but and thank you for a World Series A-Rod 
But what I what I'm going to here is so far we've won. And if you add in all the rumors around our teams, I'm only hearing buzz for Freddie Freeman around the Red Sox, but I'm hearing Frankie Montas for for the for the for the Yankees and maybe Sean Manaya on top of that. Yeah, I mean, um, that's that's you know a good name to go after, but I I, I would like to just say that the and Red on Sox top of that, sorry, been... one last thing. Sean Murphy, we're not done with catcher. Um, Sean Murphy is also in those trading rumors with the A's. Um, a solid catcher, a young, another young catcher that we could add to the roster. Uh, that is all. Now you, you may carry on, and we can get to another sport because I obviously won that debate because you had said the Yankees were better before I had even started. Um, I would like to just remind people if it makes anybody feel better. Um, the Red Sox didn't wait until after uh, the lockout to address their pitching issues uh, by, I mean, they, they signed Michael Waka, they signed Rich Hill, and they signed James Faxton, uh, who are all big upside players. And if they're and very not- big downside by being very injury prone. That's that's not true because if Old they get arms. hurt, they're being paid like absolutely nothing. So who cares if they get hurt? And if they're not pitching well, move them to the bullpen, and there you go, long reliever. So I don't think there's really any downside. There's really I only love, upside with all three of them. I love that transition there. <laughs> and if they don't pitch well, boom, move them to the bullpen, long reliever. That was beautiful. That was Tremendous. Alex Cora does I just, love to do that. For I wanted to give you a pat on the pat on the back because you kind of needed it. You did not. I, I thought you would you would make a little case there, but you got none. You got no leg to stand on. The question should have been: Were it who do you think has the better roster right now? Um, I think that would have been a more fair question, but that could be an argument for, for another day. We can definitely save that argument for an entire episode um, and we can go position by position, but that is what happened. What's happening in MLB free agency right now. Um, I think we hit on a lot of good points. I will definitely be refreshing to see where probably every hour, Maybe not. That's not soon enough. Maybe every half hour to see if Freddie Freeman's going to the Dodgers or the Red Sox. I, Did you see the so big, uh, the big recent deal that happened since we started uh, broadcasting our show? No, please. It involves please. one of your favorite players outside of the Yankees organization. Do you know who that Ooh. is? Javier Baez already signed with the Tigers. He did. He may or may not have used to so, stand very close to Javi. Chris Bryant? Was. Chris Bryant has signed a four-year, $182 million contract with the Colorado Rockies. I'm sorry, not four years, seven years. Seven year, 182. That's what? Big, but, yeah. They got rid of Arenado for chump change yep. and are letting Story walk. But yep. they signed Chris Bryant to that deal? Yeah, 26 wow. annual average. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. wow. 
Yeah. I, I right? mean, there's not many words to describe the dysfunctionality of that Rockies contract. Right. Clap it right, up, though. Right. This is a He's real clap. Be hitting for moon shots, for, of course. It's it's for Chris Bryant here. That's what the claps for. The Rockies will not yeah. be contenders. Go get Chris your Bryant, bag. God is money. God is yeah. bag. Already has a World Series. Probably already doesn't care be about winning. Good on, yeah. good on you, Chris Bryant. Um, <laughs> I, I love he it. Wants to win, but also he gets to go to the Rockies. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's going to the Rockies. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's that's seen by going to the Rockies. <laughs> but he can hit moon bombs. Yeah, he can he hit can. moon shots, yeah. and his average is going to go up. His stats will be better for his Hall of, Hall of Fame career. He definitely thought about that. And he gets to live in Colorado, go I mean, skiing whenever he wants. He yeah. gets, you know. You I know, think, honestly, it's just it's his times. chance to win an MVP and solidify a Hall of Fame career is best in Colorado. Yes. I agree with you there. I think that's a really good point. And like, I think a lot of people are getting questioned from both sides. Why go to Colorado and never win? And why sign a player for 182 when you're just trying to get rid of every person that you have so you don't have to sign contracts? Um, I'll never understand the Rocky side of this because it doesn't make sense to me. But from Chris Bryant's standpoint, he's got the ring. That's all they ask. Like when they're looking at those Hall of Fame ballots, they're like, that player doesn't have a ring. That's a little bit of a shot. That player has a ring. Good. All right. We're good. Like there's not really a huge difference in one ring versus two rings. I mean, once you get into the three territory or four territory, then you're kind of a legend for that. And you're known for that, but one's all you need to be considered. And I think he recognizes that. And I think the thing that's missing from his mantle is, um, and just kind of solidifying those all-star nods. Uh, I mean, he's got four of them and there's plenty. He's got an MVP. And so he can just keep piling onto those records or those awards. And once he does in Colorado, because he will, um, he's, he's going to solidify a great career and he's going to age well into his thirties for sure in that ballpark. Yeah. I completely, completely agree with you. Um, that was a great end to MLB free agency for today, Beal. Yeah. Well, well done. Um, yeah. just, you broke some just news there. A heads up where we're going from here. We're going to talk about NFL free agency, and then we're going to finish with brackets and to see if our predictions have changed at all for the bracket. Um, it's my favorite time of year. It's bracket season. But first, NFL, Tom Brady's back. Like, gosh, the Grim Reaper's already back. He made it around a month of free of being retired. And then he realized, you know what? I'm still one of the best to do it in the game right now, not just of all time. And my division, the quarterbacks as it stands right now are Taysom Hill for the Saints, Matt Ryan for the Falcons, and Sam Darnold for the Panthers. Now, if you look at that and you say, I got six games against those teams, I'm still awesome at what I do. I can play for the Bucs with still a good O-line and good weapons. And play in Florida. I mean, why wouldn't, why wouldn't he keep playing? Yeah. I, I question it because I think it confuses me. I was pretty – like, I, I feel like his retirement came as just a little bit of a surprise because I don't think anybody expects him to ever retire. Um, and I'm back in that mindset now, but – when he retired, it kind of made sense to me because I'm like, all right, well, he's done all he could do. He wants to end off on his terms. Um, I was talking with you earlier about this, and I don't think that's him anymore. Like, I 
what you were saying, like maybe he just wants to play and leave it all out on the field. And I'm kind of getting that feeling from him is like, he wants someone else to tell him when it's time to retire. Um, And there's a lot of players out there. I I brought up David Ortiz earlier who wanted to kind of end off on his own terms. He ended off his last season with over a thousand OPS, um, 300 batting average, 38 homers, like 110 ribbies, like just absolutely destroyed in, the American league that year and ended off and never regretted a thing. Walked away from baseball, was happy to do it. Um, was happy to end off on such a high note, had the whole, uh, parade and everything, uh, everyone congratulating him, um, ended off on that kind of note. I feel like Tom Brady is just going to play until he's late forties. And, um, I hope he doesn't get hurt, but I mean, that's always kind of in the cards as you get older, um, but I, I feel like he just wants to be told when it's time to leave football and he just can't part from it because of how much he loves the sport. And uh, it's not to say that other people don't, but some people, when they play for that long, I, I think it's kind of all they know. And uh, and I think his decision to walk away, he kind of just was quick to regret that because he felt like it was in his control and wanted wanted to let football and the fans know that like he's going to give it all he's got and try to win another Super Bowl. And, you know, yeah. if in a couple of years he's done and, you know, nobody wants to sign him or he's hurt and, you know, can't play or is recommended not to continue playing, then I, I think he'd be more happy retiring and being like, all right, well, I gave it all I got. And I mean, that's, that's a pretty goat mentality right there. Yeah. So. Oh, I, mean, I do have to say we surprised. haven't seen anything anything like this this athlete. Um, no. He um, he's just yeah he he is pretty freaking inc- incredible the way he takes care of his body. But he can also win an MVP too. We just talked about Chris Bryant making that move. Even if <laughs> he doesn't think he can win, Tom Brady was second in MVP voting. Another MVP just. I mean, I think, I think also he's competitive to the fact with Rogers and that Rogers just got an MVP and got $50 million contract. And he's like, no, I'm better than Rogers. So I got to come back and tell the world and show the world that, um, and his time's not done. He realized that he probably went home to the, to, I don't know how you don't want to be home with Giselle Bunchen all the time. Um, but probably went on vacation, got home, took the kids to school and stuff and, you know, kept working out. And was like, I'm still in great shape. Let's, let's ride. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I, (laughs) I didn't want to interrupt you. There was a new tweet on the contract that Chris Bryan got. He also got a no trade clause. Oh my God. (laughs) That's this man made it big. But he made it big. He made it so big. Oh, also, Tom but Brady, yeah. already the GOAT. So yeah. it's just cherry on top. But yeah. it, the we're better. I don't we're better as fans with him in the league. Like it, it just makes it more exciting. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm happy he's yeah. back. Me too. The, the, yeah, the Grim Re- Reaper is is back. Yeah. Um yeah. Um, but also NFL free agency, he comes back right before free agency to make sure the bucks don't lose a lot of their, 
They're big guys. Um, still, you know, still out there. Um, but J- biggest moves out there, J.C. Jackson, cornerback, making some absolute cash, cash money with the Chargers. Um, the Chargers are making a lot of moves right now, some really good moves. They brought in Khalil Mack in a trade. Right now, they'd be the Rangers of the MLB with early um, early moves. Um, you have the Browns trading with the Cowboys for Amari Cooper. Um, and then, I mean, we already said this with the Broncos, but they somehow steal Randy Gregory away from the Cowboys, um, which is great news for us um, <laughs> over with the Giants. But Still, I think it's going to be Cowboys, Eagles in our division. Um, the Eagles, so far to this date, have made some pretty good moves. Um, I'm not going to lie about that. I definitely like what they've done so far. They get Hassan Reddick. They get Jason Kelsey to come back at center. Um, so they've made a made a couple good moves, but not a lot. And you know the Giants are kind of cap strong because of what the day, job Dave Gettleman did, but we already have two offensive linemen starters from the Colts and Bills to play at center and at left guard in Mark Lewinsky and John Feliciano. And then we just picked up Tyrod Taylor yesterday. Um, yeah. Uh, is, is there a move that's sticking out to you that I didn't just name out there in, in the league that I'm missing? Um. Well, I'll, I'll just stumble upon one. After the, the Bucks have franchise tag Chris Godwin, signed Russell Gage, re-signed Carlton Javis, and center Ryan Jensen, pro bowler. They also traded for Shaq Mason um, today from the Patriots, a great guard. Now, all this probably wouldn't have been done if they didn't know Brady was coming back. So good on the Bucks. Um, for staying in contact with Tom and, and convincing him to come back. Um, yeah, but that's what's happening so far in the NFL. NFL free agency is has just taken off like a flame. Um, the Jets have made the most moves. They've gotten DJ Reed, cornerback from Seahawks, safety, starting safety from the Bucks, Jordan White, Whitehead at safety. Resigned Braxton Berrios, got CJ Uzama from the Bengals and Lincoln Tomlinson, a good guard from the Niners. They've made a lot of good moves. So it'll be, there's another battle of New York. Mets, Yankees, and Giants, Jets look like they're on the uptick, but you never know with this, these teams. They always usually just fall flat on their face. So yeah, that that's what I got for NFL free agency. Do you want to add anything? On to a cherry on top here. Um, oh, before before I, I end my tirade here, um, the Jags have spent the most money, and like the Jags, I think it, they're just – there's some puzzling moves. They pay a linebacker in Foye Oluokan from the Falcons, three years, 45 millions. Whoa. Um, Jets defensive tackle Foley Fatukazi – Three years, thirty million. They give the Commanders Brandon Shreff, Sheriff great contract. Three years, fifty million, but he's a great player. They tag Cam Robinson. They took Evan Ingram away from us. Thank 
the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, Evan Ingram is gone. I I might no, I don't. It's not even close. I I was gonna say I might dislike Evan Ingram as much as I do Gary Sanchez, but it's not just a dislike of Gary Sanchez. There's something more there. I I just the lack of hustle and stuff. But Evan Ingram is gone, which could potentially get us a compensatory pick next year, which is nice. It's a yeah. loss and a, it's a win-win. It, I mean, yeah. But they also signed anyway. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk to be their top two wideouts. A lot of money. Um, yeah, just just very interesting. So, yeah, that that's that's all I got for the NFL. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got too. So, as mentioned, we will be bringing on Will Dean to talk March Madness. Um, but to start off on March Madness, I do have to say Sister Jean is back for Loyola Chicago. If you don't know her, you better. She's a 102-year-old um, nun that um, works for Loyola Chicago. Um, and, I mean, she's the cutest basketball fan you'll ever meet you can't not root for it so for that reason um loyal chicago has to win has to there there is no way in my mind that loyola chicago loses in the first round against ohio state that is a lock that i have um and that is also a lock that that many people have it is one of the most uh, one of the most common upset picks which is why it's getting me a little scared but you always you just stick with your gut here Loyola Chicago to win a game and they're they're going to make a close game against Villanova in that second round cuz Loyola Chicago is no slouch yeah I oh agree. thank you thank you um next next team that i want to talk about is is Duke. Uh, I mean, I'm how just waiting for my team, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to your team. Um, <laughs> never because they're, they're pretty irrelevant. Um, Duke here. They get a very lucky draw to be placed as a two seed. They did yeah. not deserve this two seed. No. Um, there is some, something out there that's trying to, trying to somebody's trying to help coach K a little bit and who wouldn't, I mean, he's going to get fans to tune in Duke fans. They'll, they'll get views. They'll get ratings, but let's not talk conspiracy here. I think still Duke here. I don't think they make the elite eight. I still think that Texas tech as a three seed is a better team than they are. I think Michigan state could give them a run for their money as a seven seed. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe in Duke's team this year, even though they got a lucky draw. Um, yeah. It, do you, now I'll give you the floor here. Since you're a UNC fan who got an eight seed, give me, give me your piece on Duke. Get, lay it into me. What do you, what do you got? What are you, what are you thinking here? Cause I know this is probably, you're not a huge college basketball fan like I am who's obsessed with it, but you see, you know I used Duke to be UNC. a big college fan, so I, I know college basketball. I just haven't watched it a lot since my team sucked. But, you know. Uh, but my take on Duke this year, they don't hold the same 
prowess that previous Duke teams have had. It's just like they don't really seem to want to win as badly, and I don't know if it's not wanting to win or just not having the experience of being close to winning. They have so many young players. Um, you and I were listening to J.J. Raddick the other day, and, and he had the experience of losing in a championship. Um and being able to learn from that experience and move on. And then the next year wanting it that much more badly, just because he had the taste of it and, and kind of had an idea for what it took to get there. Um, that's what Duke historically has been so great at is grooming players from day one and being able to say, Hey, look, we got three years, we got this window. Um, you're going to be around here until you're a junior or senior. And we're going to try to win. Uh, but if you don't get it this year, that's fine. We'll get it next year and we'll build on that. And we'll build on like that, that strive for greatness. Um, but honestly, lately, like, and I'm not saying anything bad about uh, one and done players because I mean, Paolo Boncaro is just absolutely incredible. But I just don't know if the players on Duke knows what it takes to win as much as uh, historically Duke players had the experience of. And so um, I think at the end of the day, they're inexperienced and I don't think they have what it's willing to take to win these games. And I only say that because I I think if it was a spread out season, like it was in the regular season, um, I mean, you could get on win streaks. You could look like a really good team flow really well, but when you're playing games back to back to back to back to back and need to win them over, like round to round, just, you know, to get to the end, um, I don't think they have what it takes for that. I mean, you're going in exhausted every single day because you just played the night before or you just played two nights before and like had practice, you know, the day before. And it's just it's such a grueling process. Uh, which, you know, which is why we call it March Madness. I mean, it is absolutely crazy what these athletes are able to do. Um, and if you haven't been there before, then honestly, you're just not as prepared to do it as some of the other players in the bracket. And um, and quite frankly, I think that's where Duke stands. And I, I would take, uh, I mean, you preach on this every year. It's all about the seniors. It's all about the senior guards. Um, I would take those guys any day just because they know what it's like to be there and they know what the preparation takes. And when Duke was tested late in the season um, and tested in the conference championship, they they weren't able to confirm to anybody that they know what it takes to win games like that and to to win consistently and consecutively and um, and and make a deep run into March Madness. And I mean, maybe they'll prove me wrong, but. Personally, I, I think I've seen enough. I don't think Duke is making it uh, past the Sweet 16. They might get there. Wow. But, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you agree with me. Um, all I wanted to say here is that I want I – want, I just – you know, I, I got to say this. I, you, you mentioned this. I have tips. Every year I preach senior guards, senior guards, but really it's about – upperclassmen guards, juniors and seniors who have experience in these situations um, and can put the rock in the basket at the end of games. Because on this game, on this track to the national championship. Hello. Not, hello. Oh, hello. 
Hello, okay. Will. Fashionably late as always. Yes, as always. All right. So you texted me a list of things. Will Dean, welcome back to the show. You are our first recurring guest ever. Um, I hope the you're best having. Guest. Yes. <laughs> I'm in La Rosa in my car right now. So. Oh, La Rosa. For those of you who don't know, Will Dean and I are from the same hometown of Marlboro, New Jersey. La Rosa Chicken hits every time right around the corner from, uh, well, neither of us went to Marlboro High School, but right around the corner from our home high school. Um, Will, let's get to what we got to talk about today, Marsh Madness. I was just talking about my tips every year with Marsh Madness. Um, like your bracket tips? Yeah. And it, really, it's just... To make the Sweet 16? I mean, that's just a, a lock every year. Yeah. Well, really, I just wanted to say... Pick with your heart, pick with Sister Jean, and most o- most often upperclassmen guards, specifically senior guards. Make- senior guards is your, your big Senior day. guards, baby. I preach it every year. And the teams I'm looking at this year with some senior uh, guards. Senior guard heavy. UCLA, baby. Senior guards. UCLA has junior guards, but they are upperclassmen. I have changed it to enough. that. UConn. Has senior guards. Villanova has senior guards. Kansas has senior guards. And as you mentioned, UCLA has a bunch of junior guards who were in the final four last year. Right now, those are the four teams in my final four. Now it's very biased based with the UConn pick because I'm a huge UConn fan. Um, but where where is your final four at right now? What 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 does your final four look like? Um, and just give us some of your tips and takes. Um, with, with how the bracket came well, out? I, I, got, I got a lot of takes. Um, my final four right now is uh, Tennessee, um, Auburn, UCLA, and Duke are the four. Um, I don't think Duke's going to make it, but I just can't root against them. I've been a Duke fan for way too long. Um, so, Coach K's final trip, they might, they might play good. I'm glad you mentioned that because we just had a conversation about how Duke was gifted a two seed that was not deserved. I will warn you that Beal is a big UNC fan. Tennessee should have been a two seed over Duke was our argument. Um, uh, I agree. I agree with that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think Tennessee should have been a one, one seed in my opinion. Wow. The way they played. Wow. That, they're that they're going to make a run. They'll make a run. I have them losing to Villanova in the sweet 16, but I could definitely see them winning that game. Um, what I will make notice, Beal, Beal is a huge UNC fan. So you guys are rivals as it is. Um, do you have anything to say to UNC this year for spoiling coach K's last home game? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, go heels. Uh, yeah, good job. That was a major, just like a few <laughs> come to come to, I mean, that's just a bad way to go out. You know, you go to, your hometown camping out for two months just to get blown out. I mean, that's tough. Um, I don't think UNC makes it that far in the tournament this year. I just think they're not that good of a team as they usually are. I mean, usually they put up a pretty solid team. I just don't think they they haven't really showed me anything special this year at all besides the Duke win. Um, I think they'll lose in the first two rounds because they always do. No runs this year from UNC, in my opinion. Okay. All right. So I'm with you. I think as- UNC kind of sucks. Okay, Beal. <laughs> Why are you just trashing on them? You're supposed um, to be a Cardinal <laughs> fan. Um, what I will I, uh, ask 
<laughs> I just don't think they're that good. Well, I will ask you, Will, as as a college basketball expert here, what is the one team that missed out on the tournament of six, yeah. uh, the teams of 68? What's that one team that yeah, you think you deserved a spot yeah. but didn't yeah. get it? Yeah, Texas A&M, my Aggies. My school I go to got second time in three years. They've been bent over by the committee. First time college football playoff. Letting again, who is the team they let in again? Notre Dame. What happened to Notre Dame in college football playoff? Blown out by 30. What's going to happen to Notre Dame? Blown out by 30. They're going to lose tonight to Rutgers. And then okay. my second thing, I go through my whole thing. So I'm just yeah. going to read them off. So Rutgers is going to win tonight. And then they're going to win their first round game. They're going to do the upset. They will win their first round game. Bryant is going to win tonight with that. I forgot his name, but he's absolutely just putting up 30 a game. He's gonna, he might he might spoil one seed. I think they're going to come up short, but he's they're going to be a fun team to watch for the first round. Um, Loyola Chicago is a lock. Sister Jean is an absolute menace. Um, you can just write Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16 right now. They're just it doesn't matter what seed they are, who's on their team. Sister Jean's in the stands. It's a different team, you know. Just a different kind of you know. Yeah, you got God it's, on your it's side. It's almost like God's on their side. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you beat me um, to it there. Iowa, Iowa's the hottest team coming in. I have them winning a lot of games. Um, I think I have them losing to UCLA, but I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be the ones who spoil Gonzaga. I think they play Gonzaga, right? I think. Um, no, they no. Play Iowa, they, Iowa would get the chance to play Kansas. Yeah, I think those spoil Kansas. Part. I think I think Iowa is a good enough team this year. Um, very well coached and disciplined. Um, so I think they're going to be solid. And then I had, uh, well, I'll just skip the A&M one. I'll come back to that last. Why is Michigan in the tournament? No one, <laughs> why are they there? I mean, they should. Yeah, I, I, I get why they're there. They have a very, they have a couple Andrew, big, okay, who cares? I mean, they have a couple big, big wins on the schedule. Um, but it, it doesn't – why aren't they in the playing game? It makes no sense. They didn't make they a They should have got the, the play game. Yeah, they, they should have not They're 17 and 14, which yeah. – They're 17 and 14, which is not anything special whatsoever um, record-wise. So it, it's, a, it's a little bit puzzling when you yeah. got a team like Texas A&M who's 24 and 12 and doesn't get in over a 17 and 14 t- team. It's just a little bit puzzling. And then we had um, – three is a robbery. At least a two. The way they're playing, how can you be the number five ranked team in the country and you're a three seed? Like, like, what's the committee doing? I mean, I'm saying that makes no sense. Um, Colgate will make a run on Wisco. I think they're going to get bailed out by the refs. I um, think, in my opinion, the most underseeded team of the tournament um, is not Tennessee because there's not as much of a jump you can make there. Yeah. Um, from from three to two, that's not that's not a huge you know, jump that you can make. Um, yeah. But, but what I don't get is, is how is Houston a five seed? They, they've been, they mar- they lost Sasser for the season, one of their best players back in December. And Where'd then they you put go, them at? Uh, not a five. I mean, they were a perennial top 10 team this year. So I would have said three, um, but that just seems like a very low ranking for me. I don't think they're going to make a run. I think actually five is, I mean, they put them to put them in that five twelve game just doesn't show a lot of res, a respect to the Cougars who were in the final four last year. So yeah, that, that, that just, that was my one weird thing. There's always weird things with the committee and you can go on and on about 
the committee, but it, they still produce a great show. March Madness is the best tournament and best postseason in the world. Convince me otherwise, but this is the greatest time of year. And this weekend, especially with the many games that happen Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. I, I, the, best two be- days, the best two days of the year by far. Yeah, by best far. Um, um, I, I think I would say another thing I forgot to put in my writing oh, is that oh. Texas, for the 14th year in a row, Texas will lose in the first round. What? Yes. Texas I, in the first I, round is an instant loss. I mean, you put them in a six seed, loss. You I'm put them in an eight seed, loss. I'm so instant. glad you mentioned that. Forgot to mention that Virginia, yeah. Virginia Tech making Virginia the Tech after- will make them will make the Sweet Sixteen early eight. They're too hot. I, think I have the them in the Sweet Sixteen, the but I I feel like too many people are picking them to make the Sweet Sixteen, or maybe they're just that good. But maybe they're 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 heat. You know, somebody pours some ice cold water on. Uh, maybe too many of them. They got to throw up a lot of bricks. The way they something. played, the way they played against Duke was unreal. I mean, they didn't miss a they, shot. They beat the one seed in Duke, the two seed in UNC, and the three seed in Notre Dame in the ACC tournament to win. I don't get how they're an 11 seed. After after all of that, they, they're the one of the last teams in. That just seems like mm-hmm. a little bit I, – I don't know. Some I, I, would, I, would just say, very, I would say – Very to, puzzling. Yeah. It, I, I don't think the conference game. tournaments matter nearly as they much as – They don't matter. They don't matter. They prove time and time again that they really don't matter unless yeah. unless you win them. Like they've already made the brackets, and just in case they have like, oh, this team will be out and this will be in at, at this seed. Like well, no matter let's, what. Let's just go to like, AM is the most the most thing. If you take AM's regular season schedule, they were what? I think they were 13 and 0 and then lost eight straight. I was at the first loss in Kentucky. We lost by two points and we shot one for 25 from three. We lost to Kentucky. That's pretty bad. All right. So I don't think that's a bad loss because we threw up every – I mean, every shot we missed. Was, I mean, literally. Like, to stay in a game like that and lose by two to – I think he was the number 18 in the, in the country at that point, shooting one for 25 from three. I can shoot one for 25 from three if you put me out there and let me shoot 25 threes. I'll make at least three. You know, I put up nine points. That's how it works. And then – so they go – so then they lose eight straight, fine. But then they win – Eight of their last nine games, including the Tennessee loss, they, they beat Arkansas, who's four seed. Bad. 18-point win? Arkansas? Okay, that's a big win in my opinion. They beat Notre Dame the week before. They beat Alabama the week before. Notre Dame is in. Alabama is in the tournament. Then they go ahead and beat Auburn team, who has a very high percentage of going to the Final Four. They beat them game, showing we have grit, showing we can play, and then we go to the SEC championship game, and we and we lose on a our fifth game in our fourth game in five days, or fourth game in four days. That boys who were dogging it out there, tired, and we lose. Okay, I I suspect that we lost. I think we should have gotten over Notre Dame. Uh, I think we should have gotten over Wyoming, Michigan, but. To not even give us the play in game one and then to put us as the last team of the first four out, that's just ridiculous. I mean, if we were the first team out, less argument. But you put us the fourth team out. You're telling me that there were seven teams better than us to get in. We didn't even have a shot to get in. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I don't know what you think about that. I think that's like we were the fourth team out. Yeah, it, it just shows fourth me that team. conference tournaments don't matter again. Um, and I'm sorry to your Aggies. Um, our game cocks didn't get him either, but we didn't have an argument. 
to or a leg to stand on. We were one and done in the SEC tournament. Um, Frankie Martin got Why can't the they make it transparent? Why can't they show like yes. the college yes, football playoff feel. and this? Why can't they make it transparent? Why can't they show us what how they're picking, what they're like? It should I think it should be highlighted the whole time. Yes, it's like a you know, a hype factor thing. Oh, we're gonna sit here and watch the TV, but there should be an algorithm that you can make of like stats and injuries and you know, wins and stuff like that that accounts for who gets in the tournament. But yeah, I I don't dis I don't disagree with you, but that's not. I mean, you might be heard it here first. William Dean, the first person to say the NCAA should be more upfront with their decisions. Um, Probably the nine thousand person. Yes, there. I I mean, but instead of being mad, let's let's enjoy this. I you have a right to be mad, but when the games start, I'm sure you'll be more excited than anything to just sit we'll down. Be NIT champion. We'll be NIT champions. All right. We'll, we'll hang our NIT banner proudly. There's, there's after nothing. 15 points last night. Nothing yeah. better than being the not in tournament champion. Yeah. Right, nothing not, better than that. Yeah. There's no reason to be ashamed about winning the NIT. It is, it is a good tournament as well. And they finish and they get to play in Madison square garden. If they make it all the way to the semis. They're so playing in Reed arena right now. A&M Saturday. Big game. Are you going to be at that game? You going back? For I will it? not. I'm going to be. It's at 11 a.m. If it was a night game, I'd be able to. But I'm flying in late. All right. They're playing 11 a.m. for some reason. I don't know why on a Saturday. So. Well, because it's the NIT to get the game in before the. Yeah, but they played at eight o'clock last night. The tournament game started 12, so it's try to get it in before the oh, tournament probably starts. Probably try to fit it in. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before when you watch the tournament, right now you're picking your bracket. Um, I know you already said your final four, but who you got winning it all? Winning it all. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know why I put Duke every year, every year I've had it happen once where they've won in 2015, every okay. year I put them and I'm sad every year when they just get lost, they lose in the second round by like three points. Cause, cause like something like one year when Zion literally just shit the bucket against senior guards, Michigan state beat them. I mean, right now, I think my bracket is very solid up to the finals. Usually at that point, my bracket's already busted, so there's no point of the finals even being there. Um, my bracket never makes it that far. <laughs> so um, I think this year I have a good shot. I think UCLA is going to make a run, but I have Duke winning it all against okay. Tennessee in, yeah. in, uh, in NOLA. All right. I, I, I don't – I mean, I don't like those picks, uh, but that that's – I mean, that's what this is all about. You don't like the fact that I have UConn in the final four, probably. But I, I mean, that's a UConn, That's the UConn bias from NCAA yeah. 2010 that you still, you know. Well, uh, all right. So my family's all from Connecticut. You know this. Um, so yeah, that's this why is, I love You said UConn bias. We know the UConn bias. Yeah. Yeah. But I started bracket making back way back in 2010 when Duke beat Butler – we were on. We were actually on a family vacation together. If you if you remember this, I watched. The we game. were in. We were in. We were in Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic together. We watched we Gordon Hayward on the, on the Gordon Hayward. Yep. Missed half court shot in and out. Yep. Sixty one fifty nine. Big projector by the pool. That's when I got into March Madness. I remember that. That was, that that was, was the awesome. craziest game I've at one I've ever watched. You guys were screaming at the projector as a family, because you're all rooting for Duke. Um, and I was just sitting there laughing. The next year, because I've only been to UConn games at that point, 2011, first year I fill out a bracket, I pick UConn Kemba to Walker. win. 
and Kemba Walker takes us to the championship and I win my first bracket pool. Um, for the next three, two years after that, I picked UConn to win. They were out very early. And then in 2014, when they won they again, won, it was the first won. year yep. I didn't pick them to win at all, but I picked them to win a final four. So I finished in third and, and, and still did pretty decent in the bracket, but I didn't win. Yep. If I had taken them, I would have won because nobody picked them to win. Um, but yet, I think this time is all about rooting for your favorite teams. And if you can't do that with your little bracket, then then what are you supposed to do? I think it's the same thing with betting, right? It's like no one bets for bad basketball, right? You're not going to bet for your team to lose. Like, no. Like no one bets the under. It's just stupid. And you're just rooting. You hate, you hate basketball if you root for the under. If you don't want people to score points, it's stupid. Like, why would you root for your team to lose? Like, oh, I want UConn to lose today. It's gonna, no, it's like, I would rather have my bracket shattered, UConn winning, even though I put them out, than having them, like, rooting for them to lose. You know what I'm saying? I agree with yeah. you there. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. Do you want to you wanna send off a special message to Coach K in case he someday hears, <laughs> hears this podcast? You want to reach out? I think Coach K is an awesome coach. Uh, I grew up with the Kyle – my first Duke team I watched was the – why I got into Duke basketball was the Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler, Mason, Miles Plumley team, um, Brian Zubek. They won the national championship. Um, then I had the Okafor, Grayson Allen waking up out of nowhere, uh, winning that 2015 championship. Um, I saw Kyrie Irving play, and then we had the – Jason Tatum team, which was awesome to watch. And then we have the R.J. Barrett. Zion. Zion. Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish yeah. team, which was probably my favorite team to watch. Just like the highlight reels yeah. from them. And then I've had a bunch of like mediocre kind of teams um, over the past couple of years. Um, Tyus Jones is still awesome to watch. Definitely be the greatest college basketball coach of all time. I don't think anyone, there's any arguments there, really. Um mm. I mean, it's very – I mean, uh, if you go to the UCLA coaches back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, you know, John Wooden. Could, you John can make Wooden, yeah, Roy Williams, you can maybe even throw in a no, little bit. I mean, no, probably not Roy Williams, but Dean Smith maybe. Dean Smith, but he's top top five easily. Oh, coach, oh easily. Top guys. three easy. Yeah, easy. I'm, a big co- I'm a big coach guy. You know, we got Bill Belichick, my Patriots, greatest football coach of all time. Tom yeah. Brady's back, by the way. I don't know if you talk about that. Tom yes, we definitely did, but – we, we can end this podcast with touching on him again. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's the Grim Reaper now. He's just like Brett Favre, but he, he just no, couldn't no, stay no. away. No, no, no. He does it twice. If he does it twice, he's – My all thing right. is, he, he, he's a lot – We all knew he was coming back, all right? The guy the guy is talking to Cristiano Ronaldo saying he's not done, all right? You talk to Cristiano Ronaldo, you're not done, you're not done. The guy who spent um, $520,000 on what he thought was his last touchdown He ball. should get paid back. He should get paid back by Brady. Yeah, that that would be a big time respect move if if he he, not even paid back because the guy's probably not hurting for money if he can spend 500k on a football. Um, but maybe you know, give him like box seats for the year or something, do something nice for him. Yeah, I forgot who I was listening to, but they were saying how the only flaw in Brady's resume is he didn't go out on top, right? Like, I think he should have left after the first Bucks Super Bowl. He's playing too good. He had his one of his best years last year, um, like ever in his career. 
So, like, why why go out? You know, he can still beat a, you know, a mediocre Giants team, you know, or, um, you know, a mediocre uh, – I mean, he can – he's going to run through that division. He's the best team in the division by far. By far. By far the best team in the division. He's, gonna, he's guaranteed – I, I think it was uh, – I think Big Cat from Barstool something. Like, he's guaranteed to make the playoffs. Like, why would he not – like, he's automatically in the playoffs pretty much, even if he has a bad year. Like, that team's that good. Um. I think his only flaw in his resume is he didn't go out on top. He's he's done everything else. He's every record, like known to man, all the passing records, all the yards, um, all the win records. He has more Super Bowls than every franchise. Um, like, there, I think there's no point of him 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 leaving. And I think if he does it twice, then it kind of gets old. Like if he does the Brett Favre, I'm leaving, coming back, leaving, coming back. But I think he gets his he gets his Michael Jordan one coming back, and then he's done after this. Retire. And he's done, though. No, okay. no, no, Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Like, just he retires after this, he, he's done. I think, I think that's what's going to happen. He's either going to have a gonna have a good year. You know, if he loses in the championship, I think he'll retire. But um, I don't think he has more than two years left. I think he really, this is his last like go around here. Cause I, I think, think he wants back. his tour. I, yeah. He might want his tour. He might be as, yeah. Yeah. Mike Susefsi definitely. Um I I if I was a player, I probably wouldn't want my tour, but that's why I'm not in the spotlight. Von uh, Miller for I'm the not... Bills, by the way. Right now? Six year, $120 million. Von Miller to the Bills. Wow. Bills were Breaking already news. in contention that for top. Also, top Chris Super... Bryant to the Rockies, if we're baseball fans. We here. did. Yeah. Yeah, we, we are big, we are big baseball podcast. We had a big conversation on that. News. Beal, do you have any – before we wrap up the podcast for today, <laughs> you are well, I want to thank, thank <laughs> yeah. you, Will, for coming on and spending I'm, – I'm presuming this is part of your spring break. I'm guessing yeah, right I now. Yeah, I got a – I got a uh, – left, but uh, we leave, I want to say my locks for upsets. South Dakota State, Providence. Okay. Iowa State's beating LSU. I like that. I have that. Beating USC. Okay. Um, going here. Uh, Loyola Chicago is going to wipe Ohio State. I mean, that's just going to be a murder. Um, Marquette, UNC, the 9-8 games. UTAG beats Texas by 30. Uh, I hate Texas. Uh, Memphis will beat Boise State. I wonder why. And, wait, why do you hate Texas again? Because uh, Texas – just uh, you know, the Aggies are just. I, I know, I know. That, that I know. little school, just that little school in down the road, you know. Yeah. Playing uh, Rutgers beats Bama. That Davidson. Michigan State in a buzzer beater. I'll call my first buzzer beater. That's gonna be a buzzer beater game. Um, and then my over under on buzzer beaters for the first round, we're gonna go. There will be at least at least two buzzer beaters in the first round. Okay, I will take. Under two, if we're talking about buzzer, buzzer beaters, beaters, if we're talking about buzzer I'm beaters, less than four seconds on the clock. Oh, that's not a buzzer beater. The buzzer has the sound. Every point is a buzzer beater be because bu- they all beat the buzzer. <laughs> Argument <One>. settled. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I don't know what you think, Bill, about those picks. I think those are just some solid picks there. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. Murray State's well, going to win it all. 
Be yes, Murray State's I, nasty. They're disgusting. Yeah, Every year yeah. they're disgusting. Yeah, they're beautiful. All right. I love Murray State. Murray State to win it all. Beal, do you have anything to add before before we let Will Will go? Will, thank you who, for who do you have, who do you have winning though, Gamby? Who do you both have winning? I don't know who you have. Oh, I I will let you see my bracket come out before to no, I'm just kidding. I have I initially had Kentucky winning, but after the bracket was made, um I, I don't Too like hard Kentucky road. stand. Yeah, I love UCLA coming battling out of that division. Um, and then playing UConn in the final four, UCLA to get to the finals. But Kansas and Villanova on the other side. I have Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I think Bill Self gets his second second um championship. And uh speaking of coaches, I think he supplants himself in the hall of fame by grabbing his second do, championship. Do we do we I feel like every year we just shit on Gonzaga like we just don't even put him in the conversation. They are the best team in the country right now. Yeah. Like, yep. Chad Hol- like, Holmgren probably going to be the number one pick, but you like know Drew what? Timmy is Go- I love Drew Timmy. Yep. Those are two big guys. They're two best right players there. are two big guys. And you know what? Yeah. They we basically on only, only on play, they basically only play six players. So if those, one of those two big guys gets in foul trouble, they're in trouble. Um, yeah. So I, the Zags every year are a disappointment. They lost in the championship last year. But the I, best game I think in college basketball, one of the best games in college basketball history. Yes, Gonzaga UCLA was a phenomenal game last year in the final four, one of the best ever. Um, but I think we get a closer national championship this year. My final score prediction 75 to 69. So we're always close. I'm 74 72. I think it's going to be a two pointer game. We always root for a close game. Beal, always. Beal, you have Murray State, right? Winning yeah. it all. Still yep. okay. Yep. Who do you That's, have? Them? I love that. I love that. He loves the underdog. Yeah. Who do you, who do you have them beating in in the final in the finals? Um. You see, I haven't made my bracket yet, but wow, I will have, we got till tomorrow at twelve. I know. I know. 45. I'm doing it tonight. I I have them over. Uh, eh. uh I, I like a, a little Murray State Auburn game in the finals. Wow, Murray State Auburn. Love that. <laughs> Love that. I think that the guy is going to get the perfect one. <laughs> yes. I think the, all I know is my bracket is going to be spoiled in the first game. It always happens. Oh, it, I'll it does. A, I'll lose a hard break, and I'll, you know, you know something will happen. Yeah. You know, like Beat Tech losing in the first round would absolutely devastate my bracket. Just devastate it. It would crumble. <laughs> It also wouldn't be good for mine, but William Dean, our first recurring guest, thank, thank you. you very much. No, thank Always. you for, for coming on and spending time on your spring break to talk to us. Um, yeah, to say hello to your, your family and your parents for me. Yeah, um, Joe Burrow still the uh, he's going to come back and he's going to go to the AFC Championship again next year. My early prediction. Everyone loves, thank, everyone loves thank a good you Joe for Burrow, adding that. Yeah. We will definitely have you on again before the NFL season starts. Um, yeah. But after the tournament's all over, we'd love to have you on again if you could make yeah. make a little time for us. Um, I know you'll have school starting back up, but just yeah, fresh just cut, to, fresh cut just got done. That's why we're feeling good right now, you know. So yeah, you know. well, congrats. I'm sure you're looking good, feeling good. Yeah. Um, I have a mop of hair right now, stuff. so I need a haircut. But thank you, Will. Um, enjoy the, the last couple of days of your spring break. 
And I, and I hope to see you soon. I definitely want to come out to Texas A&M at some point. Um, Next year, dude, we got some good games. We can get front, for both of you. We can get a, I mean, this year I was row nine. We're projecting row two to three this year for every game. So, nice. you know, good seats, good seats. I don't, so we'll, I don't care who they play. I'll come for any game. Just yeah, let me know the for, dates. We should. We have South. We're at, we're at you guys this year though. So, usually we host you guys for our big game. So, just fly out. We'll. I'll give you midnight yell. You know, the whole works. Midnight yell there. Go to the Dixie Chicken. You know, it'll be Dixie fun. Dixie Chicken. That's sounds the like an absolute blast. Will I get to do best, some line yeah. dancing out there? That's Hurricane Harry's. You could 100% out there. Dixie Chicken is the staple of Texas A&M. Should, it's going to win best bar of the year in uh, the uh, bracket that they're doing, the best bar of the year bracket. I don't know who South Carolina put up. Every school put up one. Um, I don't know who they, I don't know what you guys would put up for South Carolina's best bar to go head well, to head. But Our bars are all closing down right now. They're kind of uh, – yeah, COVID they're, it up. yeah they're, they're cracking down in, in South Carolina after we left. We, we left too much of a, you know, too much of a, just too much, too much too of much a stain pain. on Columbia, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Will. Um, I love you, brother. I hope all is well. I love you, boys. I'll see um, you, hope thank good. you. Tomorrow, you'll know I'll be texting you when, when the Hokies are up 30 on Texas. So for sure. For sure. Right, I can't I'll, wait. I'll see you. Yeah, I'll see you guys. All right, see you. See you. All right, bye. All right. Well, that was one of our more lively guests to come on the show for this for this show. <laughs> he was yeah. definitely feeling himself after a fresh cut, um, and we love that. Love Will. Love the the just just the amount of energy that he brings on the show, and we love that in guests. Um, Absolutely. So, what I wanted to say. That does it for this show, unless you have anything. Um, as always, I love you guys. It's been it's been a ride so far. This is our 20th episode, Beal. Can you believe that? I can't 20. believe that. We've, That's incredible. We've already made it to 20. We're already on our way to 100, which we'll probably hit sometime during baseball season. Um, but whether it's sunset, sunrise, the moon, we're doing a moon landing maybe you know, eventually. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I just day. finished watching space Force, So, uh, a comedy with Steve Carell. So I'm all about the moon now, but right. the moon's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Cool. Um, yeah. Whether you're, you know, painting your walls or you're just on the couch watching, watching TV with us plugged in and barely even listening to us. That's fine. Thank you for tuning in. Thanking you for giving us even, even a minute of your day. Have a great day, night, morning, whatever it is. Goodbye. Have a wonderful day and enjoy spring training tomorrow. I know that I will.